John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for us tonight. Big job there from Duffy and Brett Mears. Hunt now. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. That was a pretty inspired pre-show meeting today, but we got to start banking some content. <laughs> Notice in that show open, by the way, how Ken Flo just beautifully lays out to let me cap that Mir Duffy fight. Gotta love him. But we got to bank some content because I'm hurting for certain. I'm back in South Florida a few hours after getting off the air. It's Sunday. November 22nd, 2020, episode 277 of the Anakin Florian podcast. We're trying to fire this baby out to you quickly before the masses. And uh, we have a lot to discuss today after UFC 255. Ken Flo, how are you doing, Kenny, today, uh, by the uh, way? I am doing well. I'm excited to talk about this card with you. Uh, somehow you look uh, like you slept 12 hours, dude. I mean, wh- what's going on? No, I, I think it's just that I haven't eaten a lot in the last 24 hours, so I look <laughs> underweight you know i'm probably like 151 pounds by the end of nfl sunday i'll probably be 158 pounds <laughs> good as you should i'll put on seven eight pounds today uh all right headlines begins of course with davis and figueredo headlining here against alex perez first championship title defense bro thank you first for telling me how to how to pronounce deus dageha kind of fucked up my show open a little bit but we got that part of it right <laughs> Minute 57 seconds in title defense number one. Wow. Wow. The kid just goes for it. You know, um, listen, I, I think he's a guy who is not out there to win on points. He's not out there to play around and necessarily be so strategic. He's out there to destroy. Uh, so his name, uh, the God of War, is absolutely perfect for him. I, I love the fact that he went for that uh, beautiful uh, scissor-like takedown, the Kani Basami there uh, off of the single leg uh, that his opponent uh, Perez was was trying to hit on him. Uh, you know, was trying to go for the footlock, ended up transitioning into uh, that beautiful arm and guillotine. Uh, the kid is extremely powerful. He's big for the weight class. He's either going to knock you out or submit you, uh, it seems. And uh, I think he just made that division much more exciting. We did not have our fighter meeting with him because he was so focused on the weight cut, which sort of made me infer that perhaps it wasn't going too well. But when I went to get my temperature check at 8.20 a.m. Pacific on Friday, he was getting his temperature checked. He was seventh on the scale, but he was one of the first guys there. And And I don't want to say that he has mastered that part of it, Kenny, because I do believe that it is going to be a challenge for him to healthily make this weight and compete in this weight class. Rumblings that he's going to turn around here, obviously, in three weeks and fight at UFC 256. And I think that's the way to do it, really, for him, is to put training camps on top of each other and stay lean as hell, because it ain't going to be easy. Well, listen, I think it's a good thing that he's sitting there uh, at the top of the division as champion, because there's nothing more motivating than getting that money having that belt around your waist and understanding how important every single fight is now as champion of that division. So I think that's a huge motivating factor. I do. I do think that a uh, quick turnaround for him will serve him. Well, uh, Moreno, of course, uh, who, who he wants to fight and, and probably he's going to fight in a few weeks, looked fantastic as well, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, but this is a guy that I think is firing on all cylinders right now. He's really feeling himself. 
uh, and looking fantastic in the process. I want to get into the guillotine and the Alex Perez side of things, but I also want to read a tweet here uh, from Bruce Marshall, I believe it is. And he wrote to me, dude, after the submission, the main event, can't you yell out restart? That was going to be a freaking war. We was robbed of an even better show. And I do think there is some sentiment there, right? All credit to Davis and Figueredo, but we build these championship fights up to such an extent. And then a minute and 57 seconds in, you know, selfishly, I got a red eye to make, right? So it wasn't the worst thing in the world with the post fight show after, but you know, I, I did want to see more action if I'm being honest. And I think for Perez, this is, this makes it particularly difficult to swallow. Ken for all your title fights went long, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, I think that for Perez, I didn't like the fact that um, he was kind of uh, almost seemed like he was too excited. I saw Figueredo that, you know, he was he was sitting back in his chair, getting his hand wrapped, just kind of like it was another day. You know, this dude, some guys are just built for this, you know, like his heart rate is probably like you know, 50 as he walks in the octagon, whereas Perez was like, you know, kind of looked like Tyson as he was getting right, in there, right. and bobbing and weaving and kind of wouldn't make eye contact. And to me, it seemed like even though he has a lot of fight experience, he doesn't have a lot of big fight experience. And I think that really matters. And, um, you know, Figueredo also just skill wise, the dude, I think the fact that he doesn't give a shit when he goes out there yeah. uh, is really beneficial to him. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate Perez. Uh, I think Perez is better than that. He's an excellent fighter. Yeah. I just think that you make one mistake at the highest level. That's what's going to happen. And it's a great point. 24 and five coming in, but not a lot of big fight experience. You're absolutely right. He went 25 minutes, Tachi palace, 2015, you know, right. A lot has happened since then in terms of the guillotine defense. It didn't seem like any of my broadcast partners wanted to take the bait and I respect them for doing so. They certainly Joe Rogan specifically felt like it's it's all credit to Davidson Figueredo and you sort of set up some of the intricacies of, of all that was going on here more than kind of meets the amateur eye. Uh, but what do you make of Perez getting himself or being in such a compromising spot so early in the fight? Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was tough. I, I don't think he respected the attack very much until it started to get really tight. Um, and I think that the biggest thing on that arm in guillotine uh, is not giving that person the angle for which to crank it, which means you got to start to really pin both of their shoulders to the mat so they can't get as much leverage. If you give them leverage to one side or the other, they can either roll you to one side or start to crank with a lot of uh, pressure on the neck. And to me, Perez didn't really get a good bite on that wrist to, to kind of block the, the choke on the carotid artery. Uh, and you know, obviously Figueredo is a very powerful individual. Uh, I think that certainly helps, but Perez just really wasn't on it. I think that he was kind of surprised that he's in the move and then kind of made it worse by not, uh, pinning the shoulders of Figueredo. So uh, I think there was a little bit of panic there, but also perhaps a a little bit lack of uh, knowledge of how to defend it. And, you know, again, anytime you have something like a choke, uh, on, it, it takes the whole toughness equation out of it. Right, there is no right, toughing right, out of a right, choke. That's right, the problem. Like right. arm locks, we've seen guys like even let their arms pop or break leg locks. You can kind of like get out of it sometimes, but right. with a choke, man, you're either going to sleep or you got to tap. That's it. I just find the jujitsu stuff so fascinating. I know you're doing a lot of it on your YouTube channel right now. doesn't mean to want to practice it regularly, but right. I, <laughs> I love hearing about it. I really do. All right. So. We might as well talk about Brandon Moreno because it looks as though reportedly these guys are going to turn around in three weeks and fight for the UFC flyweight belt at UFC 256, which is incredible or maybe not so much in this COVID-19 climate when everything seems to be on the table because so many things are off the table. 
But in terms of Brandon Moreno, let's start with Brandon Royball's injury, if we could, because the toughness is just next level. And I got to ask you, why can't the ringside physician put his shoulder back in? Why is he waiting for Mark Montoya, Kenny? No, I'm serious. I, know. I, I mean, know. I... what's what's the doctor there for? Can you right. see the man's in pain? Like, because he couldn't do it himself. And dude, I'm telling you, when when the shoulder got popped back in, he hugged Mark Montoya as if he had just saved his life. Like, thank you, coach, for relieving yes. some of the pain. What's the doctor there for? <laughs> I have no idea. That's the thing. You know, I think sometimes as doctors, you overthink things a little bit. and Like, all right, let's get let's wait till we get backstage. We'll do it. We'll do it there. Blah, blah. Uh, and I think, you know, I think uh, you may have mentioned or someone else may have mentioned it, that it's probably something that happens to him. Uh, repeatedly, he was actually, it looked like at one point he was trying to like pop it back in he was grabbing his own arm and trying to pull it back into right. place during the fight. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, Thank like a little Steven Seagal wrist lock and fixed his shoulder and it was fine. So, uh, yeah, really unfortunate stuff. Cause that fight was looking so good, man. I love both those guys. I just can't believe he is sitting there getting blasted on the ground, trying to put his shoulder back in so as to defend and prolong the fight. So Brandon Royval, keep your nickname raw dog. You're an incredible fighter. And uh, hopefully he, uh, he turns around pretty quickly medically. It's not too big of an issue, but much respect to him and defeat. But uh, how about the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno? Shiny new number one next to his name going into the fight. And uh, that's a finish and that's a title shot. Yeah. I mean, he really is so good everywhere, man. I love the way he fights. Uh, I've never seen, by the way, I've never seen Moreno this fired up walking out to a fight. He just seemed like, man, he was pissed off. He was on a mission. He feels like he's the guy who should have got the title shot. Right. Uh, and he was out there to kill whoever the heck was in front of him. And he certainly did that. Uh, Look sharp throughout. You know, I, and I tweeted about this. There's very few people who can deal with the kind of chaos that Royval brings out there. Royval is always doing something. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, whatever position he's in, he's trying to hurt you every second of that fight. And Moreno was just always a step ahead, it seemed. Uh, so just props to the baby assassin. He looked fantastic. It looks like he's going to get that title shot that he wanted. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to be an other awesome uh, championship fight. Sorry, I'm just pulling up your Twitter feed because I haven't had a chance to look at uh, what you had to say over the weekend. And uh, perhaps there's some hostility here. I'll try to read those <laughs> in a more respectful way when you're talking later in the program. What type of challenge is Brandon Moreno now for Davison Figueredo? You know, I, I think that he's a guy that isn't going to get thrown off by the same kind of chaos that Figueredo brings, uh, that Royval brings. I think that uh, Moreno has a lot of experience. He's been in some big fights now. Uh, he's motivated. He believes in himself. I think he, uh, you know, really is, is going to be a challenge for Figueroa everywhere. Uh, I've never seen his takedowns that sharp. I think he was aware of all the attacks that Royval was trying to bring. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic fight. I think Figueroa really needs, I mean, I'm sorry. I think Moreno really needs to be careful on the feet. I think that's where Figueroa is going to be most dangerous. I don't think Moreno has the same kind of uh, power as the current champion, uh, but he does have the ground game and he does have the overall game where he could he could definitely steal some rounds from the champion. There's no doubt about it. How many athletes would like more time for this particular challenge than, you know, 
he'll have what you know 16 days before he has to taper off and cut again i mean right right i well that's the thing listen i think every fighter is different and you know i, I don't know i know that moreno wants this fight i don't know how moreno trains or or, or how he's going to feel about this quick turnaround uh, it is quite the opportunity is something he's been barking for. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like he has to take right. it now. However, yeah. I think uh, anytime you're facing a champion, right, you need a lot of reps in practice dealing with the skills that you're going to see on fight night. Is three weeks is three weeks enough for someone like Davis and Figueredo? I don't think so. But uh, perhaps Moreno feels that he's in shape. He's already close to yeah. weight. He feels like he's going to be ready to go and, and ready to rock, uh, you know. I think um, I think it's a fight that's probably going to happen. Uh, I, I love the fight. Um, some guys like the quick turnaround. Other guys, you know, they don't want to overthink it. Other guys want to get in there right. and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to uh, to do on fight day. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens. And he's a young man. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to lose to Davidson Figueredo and uh, and challenge for the belt in the not too distant future. Twenty six years old. The money won't hurt. I'll give you this over under two and a half daughters right now for Brandon Moreno. <laughs> Uh, he's got over. Doesn't he already have three daughters or three something? Three daughters. Yeah, that's crazy. At 26 years of age. My God goodness. bless you. Is that what I should say? Like, yeah. God bless you. <laughs> Condolences. I don't know what to say. I have two downstairs. One of them is uh, really starting to turn on me, too. Uh, but that's not what you signed up for here. You signed up for Valentina Shevchenko, right? And uh, hey, 1-1 going into the third round. That's one narrative. Minus 350 in, in a live betting situation at that point in the fight. But uh Man, I mean, if I was contractually permitted to bet on MMA at that point, minus 352 rounds in, I would have put my entire account on Valentina Shevchenko. I never felt like the outcome was in question, and uh, I've never seen her happier after a win because her sister got one a couple hours prior. Man, is she good. Uh, Again, you know, I think this is uh, a Shevchenko that is even sharper on the feet, by the way. I thought that uh, that left-hand counter was doing some serious damage on Maya. Um, every time that Maya came forward, uh, she was landing a left-hand right hook combination uh, that was really singing her and, and kind of busting her up a little bit. Um, her takedowns were sharp as hell. I mean, obviously, the Shevchenko sisters are doing a heck of a lot of grappling, especially oh, yeah. on the feet. Dude, their wrestling looked tremendous. This is not something I expected uh, from Antonina. Uh, Valentina's been working on it for a while. She's been sharp there for a little bit, her foot sweeps, her body lock takedowns. Uh, but man, she was not afraid to take that fight anywhere against Maya. That's how good she is. Um, I don't see her being challenged for a very long time. I I truly believe that she's the real deal. Uh, and, um, you know, I I thought it was a very dominant performance for her that round that she lost. She went for a takedown. She was a little too aggressive on the takedown. She was off balance. And that's exactly why she lost. So uh, that round. Uh, but other than that, man, it pretty dang flawless. 49, 46 times three for Valentina Shevchenko. It's now four successive title defenses since she won the belt uh, in December of 2018. And a lot of respect for the Brazilian Maya in defeat. She's huh. tough as hell. Certainly put herself physically in shape to not be tired and fight five hard rounds. But uh, Valentina just too much really turned it on in round five. And uh, great to see her sister Antonina Shevchenko get a big win. And she's been training under Pavel Fedotov for 28 years. I mean, this is a, a very unique dynamic with this man who travels the world with these two elite athletes and uh, lifelong martial artists and realizing uh, a lot of success and, and a lot of financial wares for everything that uh, 
all the work that they've put in and we'll spin it forward on Shevchenko in terms of Andrade and uh, Lauren Murphy and everything else. But uh, it's never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays, especially because today you could say big on a gift they will use every day. Raycon wireless earbuds. Ken Flo's got a pair of these. I have as well. And they've really worked great for me, whether I'm doing radio hits or just going for a run outside. These Raycon wireless earbuds are sleek, fit seamlessly in your ears, comfortable, noise isolating fit. And the Bluetooth pairing, by the way, could not have been any easier. Audio quality is great, comparable to what you would get from other premium brands. But herein lies the rub, as they say. Raycon starts at half the price. So this holiday season, which is now upon us, get them something they can use for music, for calls, for work or play at home or on the go. And if you're a little selfish, some of my children can be a little more selfless. It's okay, though, if you're selfless, get a pair for yourself, and you'll use them every day. I promise you. Go to buyraycon.com slash today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer available for a limited time only. You don't want to miss it. That is buyraycon.com slash to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash all right, let's get to the star of the program, not yet a senior citizen, Ray Longo. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo, the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. And the great Ray Longo now joins us live from the pretty good state of New York. I love that Longo Weidman t-shirt. Can you watch that and send me that exact one? A hundred percent. It's yours. It's good to see you, my man. But, you, but we really shouldn't wash it. They call that mojo in Thailand. You don't That's wash right. anything. You keep the mojo. Mojo. <laughs> Kenny, is that even, am I correct with that? I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's extra. I mean, if you want it without the mojo, it's way cheaper. With yeah, mojo, yeah. at least a hundred bucks. Mojo, man. Yeah. John, with the mojo, <laughs> this is a winner. <laughs> Sugar Sean O'Malley gave me one of those green hooded sweatshirts that says O'Malley on it. And, uh, it smelled like marijuana. I felt like I should not wash it because he only had one medium left. So he, he uh, gave it. That's right. why it's green. That's yeah. what I'm that's talking exactly about. Right. So uh, it's good to see you. Does your hair just look like that when you wake up or are you, uh, are you showered? I mean, my God. Well, I actually look... combed it this morning. Yeah. Well, how about that? Look bad or better over <laughs> looks pretty good. I can't, I'm going to tell you, so I can't wait to cut it. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I can't wait. We're going to lose. We're going to lose our shampoo sponsor. Please don't. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so how many of the 12 fights last night did you see, my friend? I saw them all. Absolutely amazing. Well, uh, I guess we'll start with you on Figueredo and then circle back to Shevchenko, whom we were just discussing. But, uh, yeah. man, this flyweight is good. And I think if he can consistently make the weight, he could reign for a long time. What would you make of the champion's first defense, my man? Yeah, he's a beast, man. I mean, there's no question about it. And, and he's finishing good guys, you know, so they're not going to decisions. I mean, there's nothing – not to like about this kid, man. He goes in there, he's either trying to knock you out or he's trying to choke, you know, rip your head off your your uh, neck. I mean, like, again, for the 125 division, this guy's is a blessing, man. And, like, again, you have to – the guy's really, really good. And, like, again, Demetrius Johnson, technically, I don't know if anybody was better. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the – the strategy and the, the technicality, a lot of you could lose people. What I don't, I don't get it. But I'm just saying from a fan perspective. But this guy, Figueret, you know, Delson is is crazy, man. He's yeah. he's going for it. And this other kid was game. I think this was gonna, and this would have ended up being a really good, you know, back and forth fight. I right. believe. Yeah. But man, he just took advantage and you know sunk that choking, which I thought just 
capitalized on a on a mistake and that's it. Awesome. It really makes me appreciate undefeated guys like Habib and John Jones because Davison could easily be 21 and 0 Ken Flo. He has that one loss to Juicier Formiga. He was injured, he was undertrained, he was unfocused and it shows you one little slip up and uh you know, it, that's what took him a little bit longer to build back up, but uh yeah, it's incredible, and it looks like, Ray, they might turn these guys around in three weeks. So uh, yeah. it might be uh, Brandon Moreno and Davis and Figueredo. Dude, this COVID-19 climate, everything's yeah. on the – Brandon Moreno and, and, and Figueredo, who who doesn't want to see that fight? I think that's going to be a great fight. Uh, that's what the flyweight division. I like the little guys. Personally, man, yeah. I like them. I think – I like the little guys. Personally, man, yeah. I like them. I think they – Great. No, I'm glad. Yeah. They always agree. Yeah. Great, great. I agree. No, I'm glad yeah. that. And I could say, hey, hey, congratulations on the win. I can go down there and interview those little flyweights. Hey, down there. Hey, man. Hey, buddy. Hey, congrats, man. You feel better about yourself, right? Exactly. Five nine. Every bit five foot nine inches tall. So, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, to know her is to love her. Like, somebody marry that woman already before yeah. I get a divorce and do so. I mean, just incredible. Just incredible. Everything about her. And uh, I do think the flyweight division is starting to round out. I don't think Amanda Nunes is going to fight her again. I'm not sure Amanda has more than one cut down to 35 in her life. That's my informed speculation. But uh, what do you have for me on Valentina over Jennifer Maya? Uh, well, the first thing I have is if you do marry her, you'll be washing the dishes. You do understand that, though. I wash the dishes now. Okay, well, you'll be used to it. I'm not it's a good. gun owner. Yeah, but, uh, I'm. 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 Ha- I would be happy yeah. to. Can you imagine the somebody breaks into your house, Valentina sleeping next to you? Yeah. Honey, you want to get that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John. The difference is now because Chrissy's such a special person. You do it out of love. That with Valentina, you can do it out of fear, or you're going right. to get right. Right. off. That's the That's difference. Yeah. That's a good point. Now, uh, man, I'd love to see the, I'd love to see them run that back. I, I really just would. I think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think people underestimate all that Amanda's body has been through, all the championship training camps. She's a mother now. Uh, just had to pull out of a fight because she was not healthy. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I think it's wishful thinking. I really do. She's two up in the series. I don't think Nunes has anything to gain running it back unless they're going to guarantee her a huge payday. Yeah. Oh, look, Nunez, Nunez I, I still, I only because of the body of work and the people that she's fought, I think she's had the, the tougher competition. She's fought everybody, man, and you're really good people. I think Valentina, you know, uh, man, she's special too, man. That's a, it's a crazy, man, that fight was close. Um, oh, yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, that's there's no great. doubt about it. And I think Valentina is so deserving of that fight, and it's the biggest fight I think we can make in a lot of respects. But uh, in terms of who might be next for Valentina, right, you can understand why the fan base would be excited about Jessica Andrade. Lauren Murphy is more established in the division with four consecutive wins, but it would seem to me, based upon Dana White's comments, that Andrade is going to be next for Shevchenko. And uh, I don't know, a lot of people, Ray, feel like, Andrade has found her wheelhouse, even though she's only one and zero at twenty five. What do you think about that type of challenge for uh, for Valentina? Well, I think it's it's interesting. You know what I mean? Because you know that Andrade isn't gonna probably will have no respect for her. She comes forward regardless of anything. So I do believe it'll make for an exciting fight. I, I can't see it going uh, past like the second round, but uh, 
I, I think that I think that's a fight the fans would want to see. And uh, you know, even to to Valentina's credit, also, uh, and we, going back to the COVID nineteen thing, we were talking about people taking advantage. Look at Caitlin, Caitlin, man, what she's done. Like she's she what a really great performance last night. And she's so busy and she's fighting and uh, man, she's just having a living for herself. But the difference in levels is crazy because she she made that fight against Cynthia look easy last night and and that other kid can fight you know so that goes to show you the difference between like Valentina and everybody else you know what I'm saying and I I think she got caught with uh, Andrade but I think Caitlin would that would have been a good fight Caitlin and Andrade if she didn't you know she caught that body shot and you know again that could take anybody down we've seen it the week after with one of the other guys, I forget who went down from one of those. Uh, uh, who the hell? I don't know. Oh, I I haven't slept. I mean, I barely, yeah. I barely. Uh, you look great today, John. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I think there's a such a wide gap between Valentina and everybody else. It's crazy. That's where. <laughs> that's the big problem. Yeah. That's the big problem. Yeah. So I can you get excited for Andrade? Yeah, you know she's gonna bring it. Uh, and there's always a chance that she catches her with something, I guess. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see that fight. I think, you know, she's got momentum. Uh, or maybe another thing is you bring up the Chinese girl, you know, to 125, or maybe they meet at a catch weight at 120 or something. You make that because. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, Zhang Wei Li, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just Maybe don't know about Valentina at 120, Ken Flo. Well, I'm saying about 125. You bring the other girl up right. to right. right. I, I think I think that'd be a really interesting super fight. Absolutely. Yeah. Very and similar Kenny. fighters. Because look, man, uh, 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 Joanna did fight Valentina. They went five rounds. Am I mistaken, or did she get stopped? Yeah, December yeah, I mean, 2018. So, you know, yeah. she, you know, was uh, just overpowered, I think, in that fight. But she came up from 115. I thought Joanna did a great job in that fight. Yeah. Uh, so the other girl, that might that might make for an interesting fight. Kenny, quickly. 30 to 27 times three over Cynthia Calvillo. You guys were all over Chikagian plus 200 or better. She could be had at close. Uh, she's just improved a lot, even since the title fight in February. But I want to ask you specifically about the codes and all of uh, the execution and doing sort of exactly what Mark Henry wants in a quiet arena in which she can hear everything. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely a factor. I think that really helps. Uh, no doubt about that, especially anytime there's that kind of instruction uh, coming from your corner. Uh, but more than anything else, you know, I thought the reach, the height was a big problem for Calvia. I mean, she looked so much smaller yes. and boy, did Jakagian utilize wow. all of that reach yeah. in that fight. She kept her on the outside. She had uh, the footwork going uh, and she was just uh, looking sharp throughout that fight. I think also, I think her last performance, she was very disappointed and she came out. Like she wanted to prove a point like that last fight was kind of a fluke and she maybe, you know, made some mistakes out there that she wasn't proud of. So she came out uh, definitely with a fire behind her and she looked great last night. Yeah, I'm I love, look, I've, I've seen her in the gym and I know uh, I really like her. She's got a great fight IQ. Trust me, she yeah. gets, she knows how to fight. She knows how to teach. You know what I'm saying? She's really, really squared away like uh uh, and I, I knew, I mean, I didn't even know she was an underdog. I would have even bet that if I wasn't even following that. But, uh, right. but you know, I had a, she helped out Mizuki for her last fight. Mizuki could really box, man. She's probably the same size as Cynthia. So I knew 
Caitlin would would be used to that too. And plus, she's got you know Sarge. Or, uh, I can't think of the girl's name. Yeah, Sarge. Yeah, yeah, Sarge. Right to, to spar with, and uh, you know she found her groove uh, with some training partners during this uh, pandemic. But she, like again, she gets it. Like when I if I have a conversation with her about fighting, she's on the money. You know, she's she's married to a great wrestler, uh, Kyle yep. Seminara. So I mean, yep. she she is. More squared away than you think. And again, I think that just even segueing into Valentina, I mean, she's just, Valentina is just that freaking good. You, I mean, the upper body strength on her, just flinging the Meyer around. Oh, you can see, uh, like, Kenny, right? Crazy. Like, yeah, you're going impressive. for a ride. Like, it's not like we're going to sit here and I'm going to drag you to the floor. No, you're, you're getting lifted off your feet and smashed to the floor. That girl's got special strength, special focus, and, uh, and one other thing about Caitlin, because I, I really about I like her. She's a great person. She loses to Valentina. Look at the win she has over her sister, who now has a great fight, a dominant performance over her sister. Then she loses to Andrade, and look at the performance over Cynthia. So there's people that buckle under defeat yeah. and they can't get past it, but she's right. not that. That's what I'm saying. She's that good. She jumps right back in there. She proves who she is. There is just different levels in this. So I think Caitlin, you know, if you want to get by her to fight for the title, it's not going to be easy. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, those fights, you know, that that might be her, uh, whatever, not her albatross. So, you know, that, that yeah. Valentina is going to be a problem for anybody, you know, but uh, I'd like to see that run back maybe in a couple more fights if she stays on a winning streak, uh, because I don't know who else they're going to give her. That's the biggest thing. Ray, yeah. I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. Uh, you know, Aljo tweeted yesterday, which, which was kind of concerning to me. He said, uh, you're everything good with you, my guy. And this was a tweet uh, for uh, Piotr Jan. Uh, have you heard anything or well, what's going on? Man, I heard, I've heard nothing. I didn't see the tweet either. What was the tweet? He said, everything good with you, my guy. He's asking Except if Piotr. everything's okay with Piotr Jan. And it seems like. He it, is talking it, it, to some people about that. There are some rumors about. Oh, I didn't hear anything about that. I mean, I've just I just watched Aljo's last sparring, but I haven't called him yet. Um, and I'll be going out there pretty soon. But uh, I didn't hear anything through it. I got you know there's guys from the gym with him that I think they would have said something to me. Gotcha. But I guess Aljo's looking for some interaction. Aljo's he's wacky man, so I, I don't know what to make of that. But if he heard something. Uh, I, 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 I'm in the dark. I haven't heard. All right, well, we're, we're sitting here on a Sunday morning, so uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. You should have spent out, some though. of that. You should have spent some of that extra rounds paycheck on a Chukagian <laughs> ticket. You know, <laughs> I tell you why. That's a big underdog for that fight. I couldn't believe that price. I, if you go back and watch, I couldn't help but acknowledge it on broadcast. Uh, they got that one wrong. I, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. Maybe they got two-way action, but Chukagian was a live underdog to to all of us, I think, in the space with respect to Cynthia Calvillo. And I didn't intend, Flo, to spend six minutes on Caitlin Chukagian, but I really do love her. And she now has tied with Jillian Robertson, most flyweight wins in UFC history, right? She's got eight UFC wins overall, six at 125 pounds. And if you would have told me in March 
that I would have an appetite to raise point to see Chukagian and Valentina again, I would have been like, yeah, no appetite for it. And now here we are nine months later and I got a fucking appetite. for it. Absolutely. You know? Listen, I, I think where she sits in the division and I think she's in the upper tier. I think there's few uh, women in the division that has those kind of skills in all those different areas like Chukagian. And I thought Ooh. that uh, she was able to mix things up against a, a Calvillo that I think a lot of people were high on, but uh, she showed that she's on a different level. Yeah, no, and, and again, and she's active as hell. <laughs> I tell you. Four yeah, fights in 2020. She a lot, man. You're staying active, which is always good for you. Hey, Ray, speaking of active, how about Tim Means Business? 23rd UFC appearance. Went over Mike Perry by unanimous decision. lot to unpack in terms of Perry. Sort of hard to get a grip on, on where he's at exactly in a lot of phases of his life. I still believe in him as a fighter. I really do. But uh, Tim Means, man. How about that jab, man? Huh? Fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he utilized his range at times perfectly. And at times he yeah. stayed right in the pocket. Probably the, time, the times he probably regrets no. today. Uh, but he did do a, a great job. But look, man, again, a bigger issue. And I tell you, I had this over the weekend because I had Four guys fighting in um, Philadelphia Wednesday and Thursday, but one of the fights was canceled. The guy came in five or six pounds overweight, and I said, "Don't take the fight." I just like it. I we I think, I, just tell me if I'm wrong on this. Now I'm starting to think, you know, because at this level, like Tim Means said it, I got an extra thirty grand. My guy would have got like two hundred dollars. You know right. what I mean? Like, I, okay, so I see the money. I get that part. You know. Uh, but I think the athletic commission has to step in there. You're more than like two pounds over the weight limit. The fight's off. Just I, I think the fight's off. I don't, at the at the lower levels, there's no money, so there's you're not getting compensated for anything. You know what I mean? I could see at the bigger levels, hey, you're getting another seventy grand. Okay, that that sounds that sounds good. But I don't know, man. This this weight thing and this guy's dabbing up there after he misses weight. I mean, yeah. so. Don't be disrespectful. Like, what is what is that? I mean, what are you trying to figure out with this guy that you don't understand again? <laughs> well, no, I just uh, why he why this became the way it all went down for him, you know, because the Mickey golf fight, he was in outstanding shape, you know, yeah. and he still I think even whatever the hell happened, you know, he obviously didn't diet. I mean, there are videos of him chowing food being like. You know, maybe I maybe this is going to be tough, like weeks out. But well, Kenny, yeah. we could spend a whole show. Ray, I'm glad you brought it up. But Kenny, yeah. we could spend a whole show talking about what to do. The UFC is not in the business of just seeing fights go away. It is in their interest to have these fights go on for the sake of fighter contracts and so many other things. But I just don't know what the right solution is. I mean, I think there are a lot of suggestions out there and we can get into some of those. But uh Largely, I agree with Ray. When you have a miss like this, uh, Perry shouldn't be able to go in there and get a welterweight win. And even though he couldn't get a bonus, he could go out and get what would amount to a 170 pound win. And I hate that. Yeah, I just think if the athletic commission is there to protect you, right, that's what they say. We're there to make the playing ground even. That's what they want to do. They want to level the playing ground. What? How the fuck does letting a guy fight five pounds over where those last five pounds are a killer to people? You know what I mean? Like I told my guy the other day, I go, I go, Nas, imagine like at, at the, the fight was at 55. I go at 161, you're crushing everything. Like you haven't even felt your weight cut yet. It's those last six pounds that really kill you. It's like, it's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. Absolutely. I mean, 
Ray, you saw me. You think I wanted to cut those yeah. extra five pounds? You think I wanted to cut the last one pound? No, I definitely no. And that's Hell the, no. That's the point, man. But you know what? Like, again, uh, Paul Felder found a way to do it in five yeah. days. You know, that's what I mean? amazing. You found a way to do it. You torture, but some guys aren't going to do it. They shouldn't be rewarded with a fight. They should. That's the only way well, you're going to teach them. You know, I think one thing you guys kind of alluded to it, but um, again, you guys are talking about what should we allow them to get a win if someone doesn't make weight? I think it should automatically be a no contest if they win. Yeah. Something like that. You know, well, maybe. You know what I mean? I, I think that exhibition fight. You can well, fight, yeah. but it's going to be a no contest, no matter what. Yeah, right. Something like that. But yeah, that, made, some that way the guy gets his paycheck. But if the guy that made weight loses, it's not on his record. Right. Well, and, and some really suggest a, a point deduction, and there are other promotions that if you miss by this much, maybe you're going in there down three points already. That's but I still don't idea. like then that that Mike Perry can go out there and knock Tim Means out and then he can still get a win. I don't believe divisionally you should be able to get a welterweight win. And that's the problem is that if Mike Perry beats Tim Means, he is match made forward as if that's a welterweight win. And he still climbs the welterweight ladder despite missing the weight. And for us to talk about weight cutting in front of Kenful, like people don't realize, right? Even for 55 cutting down from 76, right? I mean, I remember you at the Boston garden and you know, just like you must just be like you must just be like what in the actual fuck man like you're literally staring at death in the face it's, it's never fun it's never fun but again like bringing up the paul felder situation like how fun do you think that was i mean that's as intense as anything i've seen yeah. that dude is huge for 55 yeah, he makes at 55 in five days like yeah. that's insane yeah. Uh, but again, some people are willing to do the work. Some people are willing to suffer to make their dreams happen. Uh, and I think that even in defeat, that's why Paul Felder gained way more fans because of that God. respect for him in a defeat than he would have shown up 10 pounds overweight and beaten the hell out of, you know, Rafael Dos Angeles, you know? Yeah. And so again, but as time goes on, people will see the W and see the, see the L and, uh, it's unfortunate, but I do think one way to rectify the situation uh, is perhaps uh, letting them fight. But if they do win, the the best you could do is a no contest. Yeah, something like that. Well, if you saw my tweet over the weekend, you know that that's the best solution I have seen by a mile. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause uh, something's got to be done. I, I had to deal because I had a guy two weeks ago in the CFFC fight for a uh, a bantamweight title, and again, the guy comes in five pounds, and they got him down to I think four pounds, and my guy lost. He was it was a four round fight, but you know those last pounds for oh, those the thirty five like I don't know. I mean, he lost the fight fair and square, but who knows? That's the problem. Then you got to walk away and go, who the frick knows? It's a four rounder. Maybe the guy gasses out in the fourth round. He gets he gets finished. Who who the fuck knows? You know what this I mean. Will- this will be my last comment on this, and it's really it's this simple, okay? If I asked you, hey, man, if I give you the world championship or if I give you a win over this guy, but I take 30% of your purse, would you take it? Every fighter is going to say yes. Right, right. Oh, you mean I win, but I take a little hit on 30%? Absolutely. They're yes. all going to take that. So yeah. that, at the end of the day, is why they're not making the weight, right? I mean, And, and look at this. Mike Perry being the ultimate optimist he is. His his analysis was that he has to pay less taxes. He he thinks it's a win. So he he thinks it's a win all right, around. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. But it's the no contest thing is interesting because uh I'm hey, can you 
push Ian back 10 minutes. And if he bitches, then uh, he can take that up with me. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the no contest thing, and I got like 20 tweets that were like, well, Annex never cut weight. He's talking about this no contest. It's like, no, but Ken Flo has. Yeah, so uh, uh, take it from that. him and the myriad professional athletes that I have talked to over the years that support this no contest. I think the issue is, is that if Mike Perry or a missing athlete can't get a win, they're, they're D disincentivized to, to fight because you can't go get a win. Yeah, uh, yeah. But maybe there's something that stipulates that they, they would have to fight. I don't know. Yeah, so, so because you never weighed, made weight, you you can't have an opinion. That's, that's smart. But <laughs> right. anyway, listen, John, I don't even have that good of a memory, but I'm telling you, that day in Vancouver sits in my mind. I'm not I'm not even joking right. at this point because the guy was on the verge of death. What is that? And he sit next yeah. to me. I don't and really, he laughs. And he laughs no, because, no, he, he because he lived. Because you know he what lived. He lived, John? I was. He doesn't remember it. That's why he's laughing. Yeah, he yeah, was so yeah. dehydrated. He doesn't really remember what I said. I actually really don't. It was kind of a blur. I, I swear John, to God. I talked to him right after the fight, like within like a month. He had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. If you would have saw that accountant, can you sign the pay? You got to pay the tax. I got hey, buddy. I know, I know how about you get the about. fuck out of here? The guy can't even lift the pen up. No, really. I mean, I'm sitting there with Weidman. It's probably, I think it's his first or second fight. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get involved with Kenny's wake up. <laughs> right. It was so bad. I had to jump in. I, I'm not joking. I yeah, you oh, guys fighting uh, like Jesse the Water Bong fell that night or something. Yeah, yeah. He but pulled. that's one of those days I will never forget where I was. The weight cut the day before the Diego Nunes fight. Ken oh. comes out in a Boston Bruins jersey when the Bees are playing the Canucks in the Stanley Cup final like an absolute G. Um, <laughs> but I was at a party. I've told the story many times on this podcast with my wife, and we were both just so anxious. And then we saw the picture of him in the Bruins jersey. The Bruins jersey looked like a quadruple XL. I mean, I was like, where's my guy, man? He's barely the, guy was, the guy couldn't move. Trust me. God, they just, I they, I'm telling you, I think, uh, what's his name? The, the strength guy just threw him in the chair and they left. And the guy, I'm surprised you didn't fall out of the chair, fall off the chair. Hey, real quick, Cody, what you know what I'd like to do if we can? I think it'd be fun for everybody because uh, you had the Dalby fight last night like yeah. people with the other i'd love to do like a after like a fight companion me you and kenny analyze the fight round by round to see who really won or you know was it because sometimes you go back and look but i'd love to do that because it's like even like the jones reyes or uh you right. know last night i think everybody i think dc thought rodriguez won i thought the other guy clearly right. controlled the whole fight i don't know and i'm not saying it was a good he fight did. or anything but i'd love to run those back and go, let's just look and see maybe what the judges were looking at or something and come up with our own thing. Even yeah. the two girl, I think you guys were talking about the girl fight, which I thought you were right. The other girl won, but it was a good fight though. Uh, what was it with the, uh, the two young girls last week, uh, the Irish girl, Hanson and somebody oh, else. Yeah. 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 Uh, McKenna, you know yeah. I, mean? so, yeah, yeah, I thought that was right. a good I think fight. that's I a good they, idea that, the two of you watch the fight back together. You don't have rights to the video, but sort of talk oh, about I see it. What you're and, uh, I you know, it. that's sort that's, of an issue. So but I like problem. that you're uh, that you're airing your dirty laundry here and putting thoughts out there. I like. Oh that. no, I just write dirty laundry. What no, that's, no, that's the wrong way to put it. Hey, <laughs> I got to ask you about Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, yeah. Cody showing oh, us a picture. Yeah. Of Ken oh man, He's like, am I here? Because no, I'm really, out. Was <laughs> what was oh. Joaquin Buckley? Joaquin Buckley, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it'll be James Krause or whomever next, but uh, I wouldn't imagine there'll be a lot of people walking up to a window with their money to bet against Joaquin Buckley right now. Big knockout of Jordan Wright. Kenny, I'll start with you on this. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him, and he acknowledged that it got to him a little bit early on in the fight. But uh, I think he has the potential to really do something special. He does not cut a lot of weight. Came in 182 at a hook. What'd you make of Joaquin Buckley's encore after the big knockout of Kassan Gadai? He's a powerful dude. And yeah, I think he was forcing the knockout early on. Definitely. I think he um, wasn't pacing himself well. Uh, and then kind of in the middle of the round, just be like, Gee, what, what am I doing? I need to slow things down. You saw him slow down significantly uh, and kind of rethought his process and then let the knockout come more organically. Um, but I thought that he had a, a dance partner in right that was kind of standing up way too tall, was backing himself up against the fence and wasn't respecting the power of Buckley, which uh, obviously ended up being his downfall. Uh, got knocked down at the end of the round, saved by the bell. Second round, Buckley's like, OK, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to continually get on the inside. He's not stopping me from getting on the inside. I'm going to take his head off since he's all the way up there doesn't have a good stance and essentially knocked his head off. Um, but uh, again, th this was a, an excellent performance from Buckley, who I think is feeding off of all the energy and all the hype that's been thrown his way. And I think this was one of those performances where he's able to win and still learn a great lesson. You know, anytime you make a mistake and still get the win, that's amazing. And you're aware of it. And I think this is a Buckley that's only going to get better. Yeah. And, and he's a new, he's new, you know what I mean? So yeah, he's, this is on-the-job training. I think he acknowledged that. And, again, super powerful dude. You know, you come off one of those, you know, those, that a highlight real knockout that's going to test, you know, last the test of time for sure. That's going to be forever. Uh, more impressive, Kenny. I, you know what? If you watch him, see, like, I don't think he looked as technical in the fight. See, here's the difference. Like, Mike Perry's a tough guy. We know that. If you stand in front of him, he'll take one. He'll take five to give one. You know, he's right. tough, but he's not, he's really not technical. Buckley, when he was shadow boxing in the back, Kenny looked really good, man. His yeah, unbelievable. Good. He was spinning around. I don't think we've seen that yet in the octagon. So he yeah. has the power, like he looks like a better, you know, like he just wants to throw down with you. But what I saw in the background was a guy with great movement. Uh, he looked very fluid. So if he could put those two together in the octagon, I think he's going to go do really well, this kid. Can't wait to see him fight James Krause. You have to make that fight. You have to put it on pay-per-view January 23rd. I don't want to hear anything else about it. What was the beef it. with those guys? What are they? Well, they're both Missouri guys, and I, I don't oh. think Krause particularly cared for maybe an interaction that they might have had at one point in time. I don't know, but there is yeah. definite beef there on both sides, and uh, heat on fights is, is what I sign up for every day of the week. Hey, we got to let you uh, get out of here. I think Dr. Florian, by the way, is going to really enjoy the Ray Longo Minute today with all that Vancouver talk. <laughs> he so. always does. But all the, <laughs> I'll tell you, Florian. Except that part. I tell you, I mean, I, obviously I never met him, but well, he seems like a great fan, man. He's I always <laughs> see him on Twitter and seems like a good dude, just like Kenny. He loves and it. You, and you too, John and Cody. What a nice bunch of guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, just uh, you know, a lot of Mr. Congenialities in here, right? Right. Uh, all right. Get the fuck out of here. Would you, I mean, do you have anything else for us, right? Do you have anything yeah, else? Can you tell Are me, you... tell me to get the fuck out of here one more time. <laughs> People don't like when I swear, some people really like when I swear, some people really don't like it. They think it sounds unnatural, right? I've been doing this <laughs> since I was a, a very little boy, you know, 
get the fuck out of here, right? Okay. <laughs> hey, wait, one, one other quick, one other quick thing. I saw your brother on the show. Holy Remember God. the show with Bilal Muhammad you, Thursday man, nights. He, he could talk. Man, this is this runs in the family, man. Right. He was. He's booking that guy. Holy. <laughs> God. Yeah, probably he, all stoned out of his mind just talking a mile. Uh, he, sound, he sounded good, man. He sounded yeah, good. I, well, I turned you. that on. I watched, I watched Weidman versus Edgar for about. Oh, 10 good. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we appreciate that. If you don't know, remember the show, uh, some of our shoulder programming here on the Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel. Uh, every Thursday night, live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. They will not be doing a Thanksgiving show, but they'll be back next week. And uh, Ray Long will be back with us next Sunday. Anything else before we let you go? That's it, man. I'm out of here. You know I love you. All right, there's the Ray Longo minute. Well, we all know 2020 has been a little nuts, right? But that does not mean that you should disregard taking care of yours. You know what I'm saying? Manscaped is on a mission to take care of your manhood with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and the mission has now gone international. Manscaped has now released their products in the U.K., Canada, and Australia. And as many of you know, Manscaped has changed the way I go about my hygiene, no longer using the same trimmer on my face and my head as I use down there. Now that I got my lawnmower 3.0, I got two of them now. Waterproof technology on this thing, by the way. You can take it in the shower. And Manscaped has a lot more to go with it. They just released the Crop Care Kit. Includes all sorts of products, ball wipes, foot deodorant, body wash in that bundle as well. And these formulations, all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you're in good hands. These products are legitimate. And if you're not there yet with Manscaped, now is the time to get in on the craze. And we want to help you get there. Get 20% off and free shipping right now at manscaped.com slash AF. I'm telling you, this product changed my life. No promo code required. Just go to manscaped.com slash AF for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com slash AF. All right. Time to make some picks. Another UFC live event this weekend. What a shocker. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, we now welcome on the great Ian Parker. Ian, I appreciate your patience. Sorry to delay you. Ray Ray was on fire today. Hair looked pretty <laughs> dirty, actually, but the rest of him was on fire. So Team Anik, represented by the Duck, takes another week, seven to five. First, I want to highlight the fact that you were both on Chukagian plus 175. You guys did not move the number, though, Ian. You got her, what, plus 220 or so at close? Plus 225. I had that the whole time. Yeah. You know, Kenny and I both agreed on that for a reason. That just seemed like a good matchup for her. Yeah. Cynthia just doesn't handle that uh, the reach really well, unfortunately. Also, Ian, I don't know if you know that Kenny did change his pick last minute in an effort to pick up points from Joaquin Buckley to Jordan Wright solely in an effort to close the gap. So uh, instead, it widens 154 to 140. With four live events to go as we come up on UFC Fight Night Blades versus Lewis, we will start here with the co-main event. And you know with Ken Flo, he's not just going to go oppo the rest of the way because he uh, he cares about his analysis. So this one is Anthony Smith minus 120, Devin Clark even money. Light heavyweight division. I'm pretty fascinated to, to see which way you guys are going to go. So June 1st, 2019, Ian, Anthony Smith submits Alexander Gustafson. 17 months or so since then, he's lost two straight, both coming after that terrible home invasion. He's one of the most thoughtful, smart guys. I love him. Kind soul. I think Kenny and Ian like that there's some post-traumatic stress going on. And um, 
I think that there's nothing in a cage that really bothers Anthony Smith, but I'm just not sure that he has rehabilitated from uh, that sort of near death experience. And uh, I don't know, man, the loss to Rockich after the loss to Teixeira, he's still a favorite here against Devin Clark. Clark coming off the biggest win of his career against Alonzo Menafield. Lot to digest, Ian. I'm dying to know which way you're going, kid. Yeah, we, we are seeing a different Anthony Smith, as much as he will deny that because of who he is and how tough he is and all that good stuff. However, and Devin Clark, this is a big difference in competition between Menfield and between Smith. I do think Devin Clark's style, though, kind of plays into this matchup well for him. I think his strength and his wrestling seems to be where Smith seems to always have problems. You know, even though Smith is great at jujitsu on his back, Guys that are stronger than him seem to be able to pass the guard quite easier. And I think that Devin Clark, what he showed us, was also a change in his IQ. He didn't get into that brawl with Menfield. He kind of really stuck to the wrestling, what got him to this level. And I think that gets him, unfortunately, past Anthony Smith. I am a huge fan of Anthony Smith since the strike four days, since he was fighting a middleweight. I would like to see him bounce back. I don't know. This matchup seems a little funky for me, so I'm going to go with Clark. You got a, a round and a method of victory as this is the co-main, my friend. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going go to okay. go decision. That's okay. Decision for uh, Devin Brown Bear Clark. Kenny, I don't know if Anthony Smith has peaked as a fighter or not. He has competed for the championship. Obviously, some big wins, including Gus. I can tell you Devin Clark is peaking. He is entering his fighting prime. He is getting better. He is coachable. He is all in. What do you think about Devin Clark's slight dog here against Anthony Lionheart Smith? Yeah, well, you know, both of you guys already highlighted some some excellent points. I, I don't know where Anthony Smith is headed right now with his career. Um, and I do think there's some kind of uh, mental hiccup for sure. Uh, whether that's directly related uh, to that incident or not, I don't know. Something is definitely going on. He's not approaching it the same. He doesn't have that same sharpness uh, to start the fight. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what is going on. Um, Devin, on the other hand, is getting better. Um, I think he's improving. Uh, he's pacing himself a lot uh, better. He's making better decisions out there. Um, it's still a very close fight. Um, I would have to lean with Devin. Based on what we've seen, this is all we can do as guys who analyze or gamble on fights. All we can look at is how they've looked recently and how they match up against the other guy. And as of right now, I agree with Ian, unfortunately, that uh, Devin should win by decision. Yeah, and you got to do what you got to do, right? Devin Clark by decision for both of our guys today. All right, main event, Curtis Blades. Minus 325, Derek the Black Beast Lewis comes back plus 265. We'll need the round and the method of victory. Ken Flo is going to lead us on the main event here. So Blades has won his last four. You guys know the only man to beat him, of course, Francis Ngannou, who Derek Lewis has a head-to-head -head win against. But Blades is a huge problem for most of this division, Kenny. And uh, odds suggest this matchup is favorable for him. Black Beast also with a lot of momentum. Three straight wins for him. And on paper, the most prolific knockout artist in UFC heavyweight history. Fascinating stylistic matchup. Got to think that uh, Lewis's heart might be tested here, and it's held up at times in the past for sure. What do you think about the main event? You know, uh, two heavyweights going at it. All, all it takes is one little clip of the chin, and the fight is over. Uh, and that's especially true when you have someone like Derek Lewis, uh, who can put your lights out with any part of his body if he lands it. Yeah. Uh, you could be sleeping on the canvas. However, style-wise, this is a horrible matchup for him in Curtis Blades. I think Curtis Blades is going to be able to, uh, you know, faint his way in, utilize his striking, get the respect from Derek Lewis enough where he can hit one of those double-leg takedowns and put him on his back. 
Um, I could certainly see this fight uh, ending in the first round for either guy. Uh, but uh, for me, I think Curtis Blades uh, is going to be able to take him down. I think he hurts Derek Lewis enough to where as they go into the second round, Blades takes him down again and then finishes the job in the second. So uh, I like Blades in this one. Um, and uh, I, I don't think this is the best matchup for Derek Lewis. Should Derek Lewis win? Um, I think this would do great things for his career, uh, even oh, more so. Huge. So uh, we'll see. Going to be an going to be an interesting fight. Yeah, both guys in the top five. Round two TKO for Curtis Blades. The pick for Ken Flo, Ian Parker. The floor is yours. This is the worst matchup for Derek Lewis yeah. in, in 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 this part of the division. I you know him versus Rosenstrike could have been something that uh, you know in my opinion would have been more favorable towards Derek. Everything Kenny said is spot on. Listen, Derek Lewis has the heart of a lion. He's tough. You know, he is getting better. I love his jokes about jujitsu, but obviously he takes it seriously. But if people want to compare this to the fight with Alexei Olnik with the, with the grappling, you really can't because Olnik's a different type of grappler. You know, Curtis Blades, since he's been with Bang Muay Thai, look at the striking. Look how elusive he's become. You know, look how just different he's been with his strike, his angles, how he gets in and out. He's not getting too close. He has a great reach. And, and now he's utilized this to set up his wrestling and he's not fucking around. That's the only F5 I'm going to drop. I've been promising people I'd curse less, you know, like in the Volkov fight, he literally said, I'm going to take this guy down. I'm not going to mess around. Why bother? You know, at the end of the day, in this division wins are wins. And if he gets to finish, so be it. Do I think he finishes Derek Lewis so early? If he does, it's because Lewis is going to be so exhausted from trying to get up, which is Totally possible, and Blades could have 100 takedowns in the first two rounds. I think Blades will win this one in the third round, and I'm going to say by submission. We are naked choke. Third round submission for Curtis Blades. I also will not be cussing the rest of the show until the very end when I say, yo, fuck it later. Nah. All right, quick pick. Miguel Baeza, minus 185. Takashi Sato, plus 160. Ken Flo Baeza, Caramel Thunder. Eight no. I think he's an MMA Masters guy, actually, under the great Cesar Carnero and Daniel Valverde. Uh, what do you think about Baeza and Sato, Ken Flo? You got one for me? Ken Flo's on mute. He does not have a solution. I'll try to make sorry, <laughs> I'll try to make it as quickly as possible quick as possible. Um I, I think Sato uh has more power. Uh, however, Sato has struggled against guys who can take him down and take his back. Uh I do think Baeza is gonna find a way to do that. Take him down, take his back, rear naked choke. Baeza, round there one. There you go. Kempflo's got a lot of those rear naked chokes, by the way. <laughs> Fucking squeeze. <laughs> Ian, Baeza, Sato. I mean, for you, it's like you could honestly say in a cocky way right now, just write one down for me, John. We got a 14-point cushion, but I know you're not trying to piss off Kenflo, especially with your contract up here in a few weeks. Wow. Yeah, I guess you're not telling me what about the 10-year extension yet. All right. <laughs> free agency. We're good. Um no, I think Kenny hit it on the head. The only my concern with Baeza is just that he really is looking to be a finish, uh, a knockout artist. And you saw against Matt Brown, he got a little too cocky in that first round and didn't get dropped. If he utilizes Kenny's blueprint, which I hope he's watching the show, that's the best way for him to win. He can get it done that way. So I agree with Kenny. All right. And before we let you go, Ian Parker, because it looks like they're going to spin it forward and have Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno now fight at UFC 256 in three weeks. Given what we saw this weekend, in particular from Davison Figueredo in a quick fight, um, how would you handicap Brandon Moreno's chances? Well, I will tell you this. I felt that Moreno was not being given 
enough credit last night with his performance. A lot of the bl a lot of the finish was based off the shoulder, but people are kind of not. I don't think people were really seeing Moreno. Are you talking about Landry. social media or commentary or? I will talk about social media. I don't take shots at the commentary. Well, no, I, I, I'm just thing. curious. Thanks. All right, fine. Outside of you, yeah, I think that Joe and I think DC were way too on Roy Vall with everything he was doing instead of praising what Moreno was doing. A lot of it was Roy Vall's ability to take punishment, ability to come back from getting hit, to scramble when Moreno was landing more. Moreno was dominating in the scrambles, dominating the position, and he was holding Roy Vall's arm while going for that finish. Now, even if they popped his shoulder and he came back in, that was still a phenomenal round for Brandon Moreno. And I think that that, you know, he didn't to beat the number 11 guy to maintain your number one status. You don't hear that in any other division. And I kept hearing that a lot as well. I, and I said in the, you know, last week's show, I thought Moreno deserved the title shot before Perez based on the competition. He's fought rightfully gets it. I think he's going to be a plus 185 here. Uh, I think Figueroa, what he did last night, minus that cage grab, just finishing guys. He's just different, man. Yeah. Seeing an animal like this, I would have loved to see him versus Demetrius Johnson. I would love to see him oh, fight yeah. Henry, Henry Cejudo. But Moreno's earned this, and Moreno is a wild child as well. He may be that type of crazy, controlled fighter that may give Figueredo some uh, some problems. We'll see. I mean, it's still hard to pick against this evil villain, but uh, the dude's a beast, and he's well, fun to watch. And I will say— you're going to listen back to this show and you're going to hear me put Roy Vall over because I've seen Brandon Moreno have great rounds in the UFC and you're right to give him credit. But you know what I've never seen before is a guy getting blasted, trying to pop his shoulder back in. Right. And again, he's right in front of me, writhing in pain and watching that whole dynamic was certainly what resonated with me. So all respect to uh, the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno. But, uh, you know, I, I leaned into the Roy Ball stuff, I think, on broadcast, and uh, I'm not sure I would I would do it any differently, honestly, if I'm being honest. Uh, if you go watch it back, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, I love you to pieces, but you were not, you weren't, you weren't like what DC and Joe were doing. And that seemed to be the theme on social media. Again, it's not knocking who they are. They're phenomenal. They're where they are for a reason. But, you know, listen, Roy Ball also fought a Tim Elliott who hasn't fought for the belt like 16 years ago. And Kai Kara France, who hasn't broken in what the top seven against right. Moreno, who's fighting top five guys. So listen, right. that was a no, phenomenal that's fair. match. That's fair. You know, and that was a great matchup. We all were excited for it. We knew that first round was exciting. I just think that someone in Brandon Moreno right now needs to get way more credit because he's fighting a guy that the UFC can lean on and can market to make that division something special. And yeah. I think you have a matchup here that I'm excited this is a main event. It's gonna be sick. All right. Good point on which to close. If you want more content from the duck and let's be honest, who doesn't at Ian Parker MMA, we'll <laughs> talk Kenny. to you yeah. next Sunday morning uh, and get ready for the December 5th show hits. Keep on coming, buddy. Have a great Sunday. You got it guys. Take it easy. All right. There he is. The duck Ian Parker with us here on the Anik and Florian podcast. All right. One thing left to do, Cody Merrow. It is the pick to click with our NFL selections. Cody Merrow has had some misfortune. Okay. People are denigrating you as an NFL capper, right? I know you put in the time, but you're three, seven and one after another hook loss team annex seven and four. If you've been riding us, you're three units over 500 Cody, who do you have for the listeners here in week? Whatever the hell it is. 11. Well, judging by the grin on Kenny's face, when you said that, you know, whose picks he's playing every Sunday. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to take see you drunk on the podcast. That's all. So that's, all I that's the thing, I'm Kenny. I'm not going to take this time. I'm not going to take this time and say why I'm picking my picks. I don't think it matters at this point. I'm taking the Packers plus one and a half because I don't know why they're underdogs, but 
I'm going to take this moment to talk to the Anakin Florian podcast faithful. I'm going to talk to the fans, one of which I used to be. Anakin Florian podcast fans, if you or anyone you know is the ad or media sales representative for a hard liquor company, please let them know that I need somebody to sponsor me getting hammered on this podcast to make yes. it more enjoyable. So yes. that's all yes. I'm going to say with my pick to click Packers plus one and a half slide in those DMs if you know anybody. I appreciate that. Maybe we'll get this guy hopped up on Howlerhead here in a couple of weeks. I love the fact that you gave your selection and you didn't even tell the listeners who the Packers are playing. So if you are curious, they're plus one and a half at the Indianapolis Colts and uh, game of the week, marquee game for me in a lot of respects. So I gave you the Dolphins last week, pretty easy winner there. I have thought about this selection. I have researched it, but I will also keep it brief. I'm giving you the Jacksonville Jaguars plus 10 home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's going to be hard for Jacksonville to score the football today, but they're already up 10, nothing. Let's go Jags. That's my pick to click for week 11. All right, we got to get on out of here. Thanks to our guests, Ray Longo, Ian Parker. Thanks to all of you for indulging us. Don't forget coming up next week. Remember the show returns at is every Thursday night here on the Anakin Florian podcast, YouTube channel. Also on the YouTube front, Ken Flo's new page is live. So if you like, uh, if you like men in pajamas and uh, gentle arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that is the page for you. Uh, and we'll be back next Sunday. We will recap Curtis Blades and uh, Derek, the Black Beast Lewis. Not a lot of love here for the Black Beast on that plus 265 number today, but uh, we'll see how he does and what stylistically is a big challenge this weekend. We'll recap it with you next Sunday. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching and subscribing and telling all your friends and loved ones. And we look forward to doing it again next Sunday. Until then, for Ken Flo and Cody, John Anderson, so long. Don't text and drive. Wear a mask. Yo, later.